Hello, and thank you for tuning in to part two of the Every Word series. We're going to look at, um, just real briefly, um, I started to realize that there were things that we're not, not um, doing that is really lining up with Scripture. There's most of the things uh, that were made aware to me by uh, uh, Barna, George Barna, and his study on pagan church. And so what I did is I started to, you know, make a list of all the things that were done in a variety of churches. Not all of them are going to have the same things. But uh, just real quick, I have two pages of a list of what we consider normal Christian church, of which actually there is, in its actual biblical examination of them, they really are not biblical. They really do not fit uh, the description and the meaning and the use of, of the Bible, that what the Bible puts down. One of the ones that we pointed out already was church buildings. The church is not a building. The church is peaceful. Now we covered that. And, um, but listen to this. We have church steeples, stained glass windows. We have pews. We have cross displaying, displaying crosses, bell ringing church bulletins, Sunday morning worship. There's, this is all stuff that is traditional and done by tradition, but has no biblical basis. Pastor licensing, voting, hiring, and firing of pastors. Pastor ordinations by organizations. Higher degrees from universities for eligibility, like doctor, etc. One pastor is the head of the church. That's, that is not biblical. Pastor as final authority and lording over the church is the one who's in charge and controlling everything. Assistant pastor, secretaries, church offices. And then we have elders underneath the leadership of the pastor, which is not biblical. All leaders are elders. All pastors are elders. Special titles, reverend, pastor, elder, doctor, evangelist, apostle. These are, these are functions of different uh, gifts that God has given, Christ has given to the church. They are not titles or positions that you might say are, are offices. The, uh, it's not. Uh, it's world. It's a worldly way of presenting and maintaining uh, leadership in the church. Women as elders and pastors is not is not supported by the Bible. Choirs, robes, special clothes, denominations, denominational ownership of church property, Sunday school, church boards. Nonprofit corporations with government approval. This is one of the major 
things, it seems to violate um, the freedom of and autonomy of each fellowship. We have music ministries, bands and orchestras, worship leaders, chaplains in the military or any other organization. This is something that just struck me very strongly. Can you imagine Jesus supporting his disciples being chaplains for the Roman army? I found that quite um, funny. We have sermons. Sermons are really lectures and teachers. They're not really open meetings where people participate. We have greeters, evangelistic organizations, communion without having a meal together, praying before and after everything. We covered some of that. Closing your eyes, bowing your heads for prayer. Where, where did we pick up this? Two-hour services or any time limit whatsoever. They met daily in the early church. Special singers. Churches named after doctrines or people. Christ is supposed to be Christ's church. It's not a church that belongs to anybody. Tent meetings, scheduled revivals, midweek meetings, sun, Sunday meetings, collecting tithes and offerings, all valid under the Old Testament, but not under the New. Fundraising, church camps, awards for service for church attendance, special days or holidays, Christmas, Easter, Lent, confessionals to priests. This relies, this is of course the Catholic area. Old Testament ritual law is still observed. Special days to fast or pray. Testimonies. Seminaries. Built-in baptismal. <laughs> Official organizational membership instead of the body of Christ. Younger men are put in as elders. That's true with some groups. Youth programs, youth leaders, organized witnessing, and paid-for seminars. I suppose you could probably add a lot more to this, but uh, I think that's plenty to let you know that there, this is a worldly organizational uh, system. And you might ask, well, then what are we supposed to do, you know? What are we, what are we um, really up to? What does the Bible say that we should do? How, in other words, what is the purpose of church? The actual purpose. So I got a few scriptures and you'll see that something keeps popping up in all of the scriptures that we don't, we don't realize the importance of, and that is the one another. Church is one another. It's a, it's a group meeting together as a council and for a purpose of representing Christ on the earth. And the, the, that is the concept that keeps, 
keeps um, coming through. It says in the book of Acts, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, eating together, and in prayers. In Corinthians 14, it gives examples uh, and instruction for meeting together. It's one of the only areas where you'll find this kind of instruction. But it says in 1 Corinthians, What is it then, brethren, when you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done under edifying. In other words, we're supposed to be trying to help one another with these spiritual gifts that are, that are given by the Holy Spirit. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is Colossians 3.16. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and same judgment. There's one of the purposes, very strong, for the New Testament meeting. That's in 1 Corinthians 1.10. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 3.13. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. That's James 5.16. Love one another. John 13.34-35. Give to one another when you see a need. That's in 1 John 3.17. When Christ ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So we have God's gift to the church to help them grow and develop. He works through these different gifts in leadership. These are elders. These are, are all, all considered to be elders, but with special gifts. It's obvious that after over the last 2,000 years, there have been many changes in Christianity by following the traditions of the world and in many cases, outright paganism. Organized religion and turning the way of Christ into a business and by placing one man as the head has replaced the reality of Christ as the head of the church. The unity and fellowship of the many-membered body of Christ has been bypassed. An outward ceremonial worship has replaced the goal of each believer being conformed to the image of Christ, resulting in the effect that the church is not able to come 
to the measure and stature and fullness of Christ. Christ is basically being misrepresented to the world. He's not able to be believed on by the world at large. Christ said, when you are one, as he and the Father are one, the world will know that he has been sent by God. So we have a tremendous um, uh, thing with the church. The church has been reduced to a club, not the body of Christ. Christ, the reason we call, he calls it the body of Christ is that all of the, everything that Christ did, everything he was, is to be reproduced in his many-membered body. And so this, this is um, a sad situation. And so what we want to do now is say, what should we do? What is our position now with the organized church? What should we, how can we help? What can we do to move closer to biblical and Christ-centered uh, church? Well, we'll go on in the next lesson and um, we'll try to fill in some of the things that are positive in really being able to um, have the church uh, to be effective and do God's will. So we... Well, we're uh, welcome back. We're going to continue with the concept of what is supposed to happen with the church meeting. Why is the church meeting um, such a uh, center of, um, of Christianity? Why, what is supposed to happen? And um, this, was, this has been shrouded in a lot of worldly um, systems, but we're going to try to show what the scripture says and of what happens in the church meeting. Um, we know that God has given gifts to men to help and lead, leadership gifts of elders that God specially is going to release his word. And this word is like a seed that grows and develops as the parable of the sower. And um, so in a church meeting, when we come together with the word, it says in 1 Corinthians um, 14, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. So all of this gifts and all of these things that are happening in the meeting are designed to build us up in the faith. That's what the building is. I asked a pastor one time, all right, what are you building? He says, nothing. I says, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> As he wasn't building anything. 
he was just presenting some pretty nice little messages and people liked them and they were pretty good but he was he didn't know what he was doing he didn't know we are supposed to be built together it says to be a temple of god and through the spirit it says through the spirit we are built together for the habitation of god through the spirit and that should be a witness to the world so we see that each one is supposed to have something this disagrees very much with experience in most churches today. Everyone goes to receive, but few go to give. Really, if someone has something to give, there is no time or place that is allowed to let them share these things. And so it's an unwritten rule, it seems, in churches today that you do not disturb or speak up when a pastor is preaching. Well, this goes completely contrary to the teaching in 1 Corinthians 14. So, and each one of these gifts that are shared in the church have to have a supernatural side. In other words, the Bible says they shall be taught of God. The word that is comes to people from God is God's word. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That's what the scripture declares. We should have that kind of faith that God can speak through individual people to edify and build up the people in their faith and produce ministry. That these elders who have more truth and more knowledge given to them by the Holy Spirit will actually prepare you for ministry. And then you also would be able to move in these same gifts. When the church comes together, if we all prophesy and there is one among us who believes not, the secrets of his heart are made manifest and he will worship God by saying, God is in you of a truth. Church should be a place where God is present and you can hear from God. So this is something we have to ask. If this is happening in your church, I haven't seen it happen in the churches I've been in recently. And we want to see that the body of Christ is his ministry divided up into the many-membered person. It says the, the, the church and the body is not one member, but it's many members. And so that's what, to get the full effect of Christ, the gift of Christ in the church, it has to have participatory sharing of and of a supernatural element. 
and uh, this is this has been overlooked and um, we we just go on without looking at scripture or trying to check it out and and uh, and we argue over doctrine we kick people out of the church if they don't agree with us but where is the love see God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. And to be spirit-led, they are the sons of God, it says in Romans. So that is the secret. The secret is that we present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. He will straighten out our misconceptions. He will train us. He will develop us, and we will grow up into him in all things if we allow the body to minister to one another. Who is leading the church? I asked, um, I asked a, um, a church member, elder, one day, who, who is the head of the church? He said, the pastor is. I said, no, Christ is. He said, oh, yeah. That's interesting. He knew. He knew the scripture, but in reality, it seems like that organizational Christianity develops power structures. Power structures corrupt, and that's what happens today. We have a greater or lesser degree of this kind of thing going in the church, which is what classifies it more as a worldly organization rather than the church of Jesus Christ. They use names and organizational uh, systems. Voting is one. I can hardly believe that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes people elders. He makes people pastors and evangelists. He's the one who is is doing that. And yet we feel we have we can do this by voting. So it's it's really you can see the world has crept in to most everything we're doing in the church today. And the way to get away from it is realize it and get yourself into a small group maybe from your church, where you are now. If it can't happen in, in uh, the meetings that they have, then you need to start a home meeting. And this is where the early church started. It started in the home. And you see that strongly through the book of Acts. So I encourage you, look to the the uh, Bible and try to follow it and uh, you will come out ahead. Here's a scripture that is very effective and describes very much of what we've been talking about. Ephesians 1, 16, out of the Amplified Bible. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you, and beg you to walk, lead a life worthy 
of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service, living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and with meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. This is the, this is the instructions out of Ephesians. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep harmony and oneness produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as there is one hope that belongs to the calling you receive. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, Sovereign over all, pervading all and living in us all. So there's the um, there's the beautiful words of, I believe that inspired by um, Paul in Ephesians. And uh, if we can follow this, we will start to realize the reality of Christ in the church. I guess.